Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to what is another hot day down here at my house. I mean, it is hotter than the gates or Hades outside. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think it's hot all over the country, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, we're going to spend uh, the next hour talking about uh, waterfowl hunting, duck hunting, and all of that when it's nice and cool and comfortable and even to the point of cold. And I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that we can even uh, fathom that at this point because, boy, it is uh, it is really, really warm. And, and by the way, uh, two quick things before we even get into the teeth of the show. Um Today would have been my father's 89th birthday, and I um, <clears throat> just want to let let him know up there in heaven, I sure do miss you, Dad. And, uh, you know, he, he really was a springboard for a whole bunch of, of what I do and uh, always enjoyed the media and all of that. And he's the guy that introduced me to hunting and shooting. And, um, you know, <clears throat> you know, we, we all have we all have that in front of us or behind us. And I um, uh, just just wanted to. Happy birthday, him, even though he's not here anymore. Uh, the other thing, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the folks out in uh, uh, Central uh, Gulf, uh, you know, Louisiana, you know, uh, that particular part of the country, uh, you know, got that uh, storm coming up, and, um, you know, hopefully everything's going to be okay there. It looks like probably more rain than anything, but uh, uh, thoughts and prayers for um or headed you guys' way, and um, you know my guest today. I'm going to have him on here in just a few minutes. Uh, Charles Petty. Charles lives up in Arkansas, so he's probably going to wind up with uh, with some of that rain, I would imagine. But hey, before we, <clears throat> you know, get right into all of the wing and clay news, I want to remind everybody, as always, my first segment is brought to you by the Crushable Vault. You know what a what a great product that is. You know we're we're going to be talking about waterfowl hunters today, and I'm going to tell you something. These guys travel. They get in pickup trucks and they drive all over the country. And you know, I live in I live in Southeast Georgia, and I can't tell you how many thousands of miles I've traveled in my truck to go to go shoot birds all over the place. And I've always got my guns in the truck. And I and, and like you know, many people, uh, you know, I've I've always been scared to death that somebody is going to like my guns more than I do. So uh, give the guys at the Crushable Vault. A look, they've got a product that is just absolutely phenomenal. It's a soft-bodied case. It's a containment system. It, it really is disguised like a piece of luggage. You don't really think it's a gun case because one thing I do know, if it looks like a gun case, you can bet somebody's going to think it is a gun case. And if it, uh, you know, if it's a, a petty thief kind of guy, you just, uh, you just don't want him getting that uh, that gun really easily. So give these guys a look at uh, crushablevault.com. I can promise you they've got a product that um, that will not be picked, taken out of the back of your truck or your SUV or back of your car, even out of your hotel room. As long as we've got a, a way to secure the, the system, it cannot be removed. Crushablevault.com. If you like what you see, they've got a little promo box. Type in my name, Marty. 10% off of any purchase that you've got. So give those guys a look at crushablevault.com. Now, what's going on in the world? Well, 
you know, the 4th of July was great. It was hot, lots of fireworks. And, you know, we're, we're done with that now. And, you know, while all of that was going on, you know, the July 1st is always a time of year when, for whatever reason, new laws come into effect. Well, I, I guess I'm glad I don't live in California. As beautiful a place as that is, and the duck hunting out there is great, the bird hunting is great, the clay shooting is great, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but man, they've got some new gun laws. I mean, we're at a point now in that state where you've got to have a background check to buy ammunition. And uh, as an out-of-state resident, you can just forget about bringing ammo into California. That's now against the law. And non-residents can't buy ammunition there under any circumstance. So, you know, I've got to figure out, uh, you know, I go out there duck hunting every year. I've got to figure out how I'm going to handle that. But uh, just let it be a let it be a, uh, a beacon. If you're planning to go out and, and do any shooting in the in the great state of California, uh, I'd make a few phone calls and uh, make sure that you're going to be ready. And and and, and here in it upcoming in in some future shows, I'm actually going to have some folks from California on the show that will be addressing that. Now, one other thing of interesting note: um, there's some things going on in the outdoor world that you know I'm not going to really get into because it 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 hasn't fully taken place yet, but there. Uh, there's some there's some financial issues out there with some really 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 big distribution companies and um, uh, some of these small companies that uh, uh, had product uh, sent to these folks or you know may not get paid for them and um, it, it's going to be tough and one of the things that just happened and I don't know that it, it has anything to do with what's going on with what I'm talking about there and uh, when, you know when the time's right we'll we'll talk about it but right now it's not that time but Vista Outdoors um, has just sold Savage Arms and Stevens Firearms uh, to a private investor group actually made up of uh, uh, the president of Savage and uh, and a group that he brought in for uh, for 170 million dollars, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna take the, that that Savage brand away from from Vista. And now Vista owns Bushnell and owns Federal Ammunition. They own, I mean they own just tons of stuff. And um, you know they uh, you know some some of the balls are starting to starting to fall a little bit. So there'll be some changes in the. Uh, in the industry as time goes along, but I, I'm confident that, uh, that things will be really, really good. And one of the things that, that's really, really good is, boy, the youth shooting that's going on right now. I, I, I'll tell you, the kids, and I'm so proud of of, uh, of the organizers and the promoters and the people that are putting these things together. Uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, we well, we just had the 4-H National Championship was held over in uh, in Nebraska. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this week, and, and you know, right now, uh, the Scholastic Clay Target Program National Championship is underway up in Ohio. Uh, that's at the uh, Cardinal Shooting Center in Marengo, north of Columbus. About 3,500 kids uh, are there participating, shooting. Uh, you know, I, my local team here from Savannah, Far City Gun Club team of kids, uh, they are actually favored, uh, you know, in the shotgun to be the national to win the national championship. They finished second last year, and uh, you know the teams that the team that beat them last year, you know, they've uh, uh, beaten pretty consistently this year in, in different events. So we'll see how that goes. But 
you know, what a great event that is. And then also at the same time, the uh, USA High School Crap Shooting League is having its national championship. That's up in uh, up in Michigan, and uh, that's all of the the winners of of um, of all of these different uh, states and things like that. That uh, you know different uh, events that they've had, um, and again, more more than two thousand student athletes at that. So. You know, you you start looking at these numbers. You're talking, you know, just this just uh, this weekend alone, six thousand kids, all of whom can really shoot, are out competing to uh, to try to win national championships, which I think is great. Uh, you know, we also got um, you know on the on the bigger stage, you know, the World Fit Ask, which is a um, uh, kind of a European sporting place. It's more like hunting. You're not allowed to pre-mount your gun or anything like that. And, and in all honesty. Um, the fit task sporting is probably the most difficult of all of the clay target sports held anywhere in the world. Uh, that's going on over at the uh, Churchill Shooting Grounds in England right now. Uh, the you know, American team is doing very, very well. We sent uh, sent a, a good contingent of folks over there, and uh, you know, at last check, uh, you know, they're only about halfway through the event, but. Uh, you know the Americans are right there as uh, as as we always are. So you know we'll report what's going on. Uh, you know next show and and how things went there. You know some upcoming things, lots of state events coming up. Um, you know I, I uh, uh, you know in July is a busy busy month. Uh, you know the Kansas State Championship, New Jersey State, Oregon State, South Dakota. Wyoming, the Virginia State, uh, that's being held at the Shenandoah Gun Club, which I happen to design. So, you know, I know they're going to have a great time there. But, boy, it's uh, a lot going on in the World English Championship with, um, you know, with well over a thousand competitors from all over the world is coming up the first week of August. And we'll talk some more about that. So that is a mouthful about what's going on in the world. And, and I want to... Um, you know, we've got a couple of minutes left in this in this first segment, and I want to go ahead and introduce my guest for this week. and And uh, and my guest is a good friend, and I, and I'm I'm going to tell you this this guy. I've never met a guy that worked as hard as Charles Petty to become a great duck caller, and he certainly has done that. Now, Charles Charles has won the Senior World Championship twice. And make no mistake, that's hard because all of those older guys that are in that are very, very good. I mean, you've got a bunch of ex-national champions and all of that kind of stuff, and they're really good. But here's the real deal. 25 consecutive years, this gentleman qualified for the World Duck Calling Championship. I can't tell you how hard that is, and that's a record. And then nine straight years, he finished in the top ten. I can't tell you how hard that is. It's very, very difficult. And now, you know, Charles, you know, uh, it was originally from Georgia, you know, moved over to um, uh, uh, to Arkansas to fulfill a dream of, of um, being able to duck hunt a lot. Now he's in the duck hunting business. And Charles, I'm going to I'm just going to ask you to say hello because we're almost up on our first break. But uh, I wanted to get that introduction out of the way, and we'll talk a little bit about more of all of that kind of stuff. But Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marty, for having me on, and I really appreciate the kind words, and uh, I appreciate being here and and been hopefully you know uh, explaining to some people about what we do and what we love and and maybe answering a few of your questions as to uh, how we can make it better. 
Well, I'll tell you there, uh, and, and I wasn't kidding. I mean, there, you have a passion for this that uh, that few people have, and um, and and you are rewarded, uh, you know, because of that passion for and for all of the hard work. And we're going to talk about that, you know, uh, right after these messages. I'll come up on the first break, and when we come back, we're going to really get into the contest calling and talk about that. We're going to talk about what's going on in Arkansas, what's going on, you know, from from the guide business and the birds and all of that stuff. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Charles Petty after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are. And hey, if you're a a social media addict, like so many people uh, tend to be these days, uh, WayneClayRadio.com is our website. There's all kind of interactive stuff on there. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got some other things that uh, that would be of interest. Uh, our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash WayneClayRadio. On Twitter, it's twitter.com slash WayneClayNation. And on Instagram, it's Instagram.com slash Wing and Clay Radio. So if, you've, uh, if, you, if you're a social media person, by all means, go there. Uh, you know, give, us a, give us a like. Give us a share. You know, we'd love to have you be a part of it. Uh, and I want to now let's get back to Charles. And Charles, I, I, 
I, I, you know, I told you I was going to tell this story, and I've got to because it, it was just doggone funny. And years ago, uh, Charles and I met back in the late 1980s at uh, at duck calling. I mean, we were at a duck calling um, contest, and that's really where we got to know each other. But, you know, we also had a chance when we lived, uh, you know, up north of Atlanta to uh, to go duck hunt every now and then. So we, we we went to one of the big lakes. It was it was colder than it could possibly be. I mean, it was. I thought I was not in Georgia. It was so cold, but. Um, we got out in this big lake and we and, and got up on a shore and made us a little blind and put the decoys out. Well, both of us were pretty good callers. And, you know, we started making some, some pretty sweet music, saw some birds around. And there was a, a boat, I don't know, a half a mile or so away across the, you know, in this, from this little, this little point where we were over on the edge of the bank. And, um, you know, we um, we started shooting birds, and and before long, we we pretty much just had to quit. And the game warden, who we happened to know, came down and, and uh, visited with us for a few minutes, not really to check us, but just to just to visit. And we showed him what we had, and he said, "Hey, I'm going to go over and talk to these other guys and and check on them." And and uh, Charles, I, I mean, I, I you know, I'm talking too much. I'm going to let you tell the rest of that story if you can if if you can remember it like I can. The best I can remember is, Marty, that, we, of course, we picked our decoys up. Mallory went across, and he was checking the guys. And so it took us a little bit. Uh, you know, we had a little walk through the woods. And so we was dragging our decoys and everything back, and we finally got to the truck and got loaded up in the truck, and we was headed out of this particular area. And we came across Mallory again. And the uh, best I can remember, Mallory stopped, and we talked to him, and he says. He said, yeah, he said, I was checking on them guys. said, they didn't have anything. said, the guys were accusing y'all of stealing all their ducks. Well, <laughs> of course, yeah. me, and, me, and me I and guess we probably, left. hey, you know, we, we probably did. And that's, uh, but, you know, that that is a big part of of being able to call birds. You know, they, because uh, they were wailing at them too, just like we were. I mean, uh, you know, they, they they were making their noise. It it was just uh, unfriendly noise, I guess. And um, you know maybe we had a better spot. I don't know. But uh, you know the one thing that that I do know is that if if you can master a duck call, you can really learn to control birds. And I I, I know that you know uh, you got really 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 good at that. But but Charles, you honestly you you got really good at calling judges too and and uh, tell everybody what's the difference between field calling and judge calling and contest calling i mean a lot of folks may not know well when you're calling judges or in your in the competition part or they call it main street part part of you 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 hit a lot of notes that as, when you're hunting that you really don't hit uh now in some areas they they hit those high notes and the ducks react to it. In Arkansas, I hadn't found that to be the case. Uh, in Arkansas, you know, it's a lot of difference between the way we call ducks and the, you know, than some other areas, and especially in your competition and your main street calling. Uh, the the main street calling is, of course, it's a higher pitch. It's complete control of that call. It's your the way you put air into it is air control. So you've got to have a lot of air control in there, and it is a process that 
that, you know, a lot of people, it just comes natural. I know some people, it just really comes natural. I really had to work at it. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that part of it did not come natural to me. Uh, calling the ducks and knowing what to say and when to say it sort of came natural to me, although I learned a lot. I mean, you learn every day, Marty. I'm 70 years old, and I learn every day I go hunting. It's just, you know, something that you do, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, you don't do, it's not the same every day, but it sort of is the same, you know, when you start calling them. But that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's air control. You're calling judges. Uh, you got, Of course, you got to have a really good call. It's got to have the right pitches to it. And, the, you know, the soft, you got to get soft, too, when you're calling the judges because they're acting as if they're sitting there with their eyes closed and they can picture what those ducks are doing to the way that you're calling. And that's mm-hmm. one way that they score you. Yeah, and that is, you know, and, and, and one thing, I, you know, in a hunting situation, you know, as long as the wind doesn't change, once you get birds to react to your call, where they're going to turn, where you can turn them and all of that, it's going to be pretty much pretty consistent. I mean, you know, that it's not, it, but it's going to change every day. You know, that's the thing. It's not the same every day. And, uh, but birds are, are creatures of habit and, uh, you know, they're going to pretty much respond, you know, a lot the same way all, all through the morning if the wind and everything stays the same. But judges, you know, and, and I was, you know, I didn't do the contest calling as long as you did. I did it for five years and, you know, made it, you know, blew it, blew in the world five times and, you know, and, and, and did pretty well. And, uh, uh, but, you know, to be able to, to qualify 25 straight years, I mean, that, that means you've got to go to regional contests. And a lot of times those contests have got really, really good contest callers. I mean, you know, all these ex-world champions have all got to qualify too. Yes, yes, they do, and you know it's just something that when when you're recognizable, and the more you go, and the more you do, and you're sort of recognizable, and somebody had sat there and say, "Hey, I know that that's Charles Petty blowing that call," and and you sort of do, you get an ear for it, and uh, you, you know I, I'm not saying that that helped me uh, with the judging and stuff, but then again, people did recognize that that was me. Now, I had mm-hmm. to perform. I right. mean, just because they knew it was me, that didn't mean I couldn't get up there and not perform almost flawless. Well, and it and it does take flawless because <clears throat> I remember one time, and then you probably don't even want me to bring this up, but I remember one time, I think you were winning the world till you got down to the very last couple of notes in your final routine. And uh, what should have been really easy came out as a little bit of a squeak and the next thing you know you weren't world champion yeah I, marty i think that was 1996 and it was actually it was in my comeback i had just mm-hmm. a little bit of a bobble i had like a three or four point lead going into the last round and uh i had just that little bobble and it cost me the world championship and you know i really did i left a little piece of my heart on that stage but you know i also grew from that uh marty it you know it, it changed me really as a person and it made me look at the overall picture instead of, the, you know, what was immediate, the immediate mm-hmm. picture. And everything really worked out good for me. I'm not, I don't have any complaints. Well, you know, you, you, a lot of times you're a lot stronger by, by failure. 
you know, and, and if you want to call bobbling a, in a comeback <laughs> a failure, you know, I guess we can call it that. Because as you said earlier, you, you know, in the in the Main Street, uh, that type of calling contest, you really do pretty much have to be perfect because somebody will be. You know, somebody's somebody's going to run it and not make a mistake in any way, shape, or form, and you know you've got to be right there with them, and uh, you know because both you and I have both judged, you know, and and uh, for folks that don't think the judges can hear those little baubles, they can. Yeah, they, yeah, they can hear them, and for the people that don't know, uh, in any of your sanctioned contests like to call in the worlds in Stuttgart, they have five judges. And then these regional contests and state contests, uh, it's required that you have five judges. Well, in the five judges, you throw out the high score and you throw out the low score. This is a, one person uh, heard a bobble and, and, or thought he did or, or didn't give you the right score, then it's not as imperative. Uh, but they throw out that high score and the low score and they keep the middle three scores, which makes it a more of a fair contest. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you and I both, um, you know, were were introduced to contest calling, you know, uh, you know, by by friends. But then we are also introduced to to a guy that I, you know, um, that, that you know, I miss every day as I I know you do, and that was Butch Richen back and Butch. You know, really was, you know, he was the guru back when there were no gurus. And, you know, when if you could, could sit down and talk to him, you could learn an awful lot about, not only about life and, and how to do things the right way, but a whole heck of a lot about, about calling ducks and calling judges. You, you know, I can't say enough about Butch Richin back. Uh, some good, some of our close friends uh, got me hooked up with him, and got my. I drove to Stuttgart, Arkansas, on a Memorial weekend. I mean, uh, excuse me, Labor Day weekend, and I picked my call up, and I blew that call constantly, and blew in the state in October, and actually finished second in the state, and I never blew in the state again till uh, three years later, and I won the state, and I've never blown in it again. Mm-hmm. But uh, Butch Richenbeck was the guru and you know he taught so many world champions it was up in the hundreds the the last time that i knew world champions that he taught and that's amazing Mm -hmm. that one person could teach that many world champions to blow a duck call and there's just countless people that he taught to blow a duck call uh but you know whenever you get a second i'll take i'll tell you why i got into the competition part Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean he, because <clears throat> I mean the one thing that that they you know if you got, if anybody ever goes to Stuttgart, Arkansas, that you want to talk about I mean that is the duck call king of the world, man. I mean, uh, you know, and Butch, you know, ran the youth center. That was a thing, and he and he wound up getting elected to be the mayor. But the one thing that he always did was he had those duck calling classes for those little teeny kids, and it was amazing how how good those little kids were. Uh, you know, at a very, very young age, and that's that's one of the reasons that you know those folks over there are so good. <laughs> well, wait, Marty, we called them the Kitty Patrol. We sure mm-hmm. didn't like seeing them coming because I'm telling you what, the 14, 15 year old kids could blow a duck call, and when Butch showed up with them, he showed up with two or three, and every single one of them was a world champion of some type. 
exactly. Well, you've got Boo Mapus, John Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go down the list of those guys. Either they've won the junior, intermediate, and, and if they'd have stayed with it, they'd have been world champions. But they well, were intermediate yeah. world champions, junior world champions, and that kind of stuff. And then when they got a little bit older, they became world champions, then champion of champions. So, hey, Charles, I'm up on another break. Uh, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Charles Petty and I are going to talk a whole bunch more duck hunting and duck calling right after these messages. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And we are back. And hey, uh, by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you know, this show is available. I, I know you can't listen to the, every show live. So, you know, 24-7 on demand, you know, on that wingandclayradio.com. There's a listen to link there. You can go to the voiceamerica.com website, find the show, and listen there. Also, uh, iTunes, if, if Apple still has that or whatever the new thing is that they've got, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. If you listen on any of those platforms, you just go there, type in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation, and you will get every show right in front of your face that we have ever done. And I can promise you there are some good ones there. Uh, before we get back to Charles, I want to let you know uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by my good friends at Negrini cases. Now, the greeny gun cases are the very finest in the world. For those of you who have Berettas or or uh, Kriegos or Blossers or, you know, a lot of the a lot of the, the fine guns that are made out there that people use for clays and birds, Negrini pretty much made your case. But they also have their own specialized line of cases, and that's what I use with rich Italian leather and the accents and everything. Totally TSA approved, absolutely beautiful, strong as aluminum, but very, very, very lightweight. I know that the gun case that I use, I used to have an aluminum case that when I put two guns in, it was 20-something pounds. When I put two guns in it now, it's about 
six, seven pounds lighter than that. So give my guys at Negrini a look, negrinicases.com. If you like what you see in there, find you something. A uh, little promo box, put my name in it, put Marty in there, and uh, they will send you a waterproof shot shell case that holds 100 rounds and uh, might be perfect for duck season. Uh, and they'll include the shipping. So if you go there and you find a case, you got to spend 200 bucks, but they'll send you that gun, that uh, shot shell case for free. And it's a looker and it's a good one. Negrinicases.com. All right, Charles, I'm back to you, my friend. Um, you know, as we were going out of the um, going out of the the last segment, we were talking about the contest calling, and you know, when when you know we we start rattling on on and on and on as you know, like it's nothing, and and it's it is real easy. Well, you know, a lot of people have a tendency to be a little bit nervous about getting in the contest calling. So, uh, you know, for a guy that's you know qualified 25 consecutive years for the world and and you know all those times in the top 10 top five all of that if you had to give a give somebody a tip on how to get started into doing contests whether it be meat calling or stage calling what would that tip be well marty what i would do is there's callingducks.com they've got a they've got a section there for contest calling in some place in the area, in California, whether it's Georgia, uh, Georgia's coming up. I got a big one coming up in Louisiana. I've got one coming up in Peoria that I judge. Uh, go to those, go to that callingducks.com, look on their competition calling, and it'll give you the locations and the dates of these contests. Go to this contest, and I'm going to tell you some of the nicest people. One thing I love about this sport is some of the nicest people in this world participate and come to these contests. There's not a single person that I know of that's blowing competition now, and I know a bunch of them, that is not willing to help somebody because we've all needed help. Find you a buddy. Uh, get his phone number. Everybody I know, including myself, will be glad to listen to you, help you select the call that fits you, you got to have a call that fits you and get with someone and, you know, they don't have to be a world champion, but get with someone and that person will be glad to introduce you to the sport. And the more you can go to these contests, the more you can watch what's going on, visit with these people. I'm telling you, they'll remember you and it, it'll just be an experience that is just beyond words, really. And to get just get with some of these people, and they'll teach you the ropes of becoming a contest caller. You know, and 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 and, and an aside to that, uh, because you're right, and uh, and all of these all of these folks that are competing in these things share the same passion that you do. They absolutely love it, and because they love it, a lot of times you you hit you hit it off real well with somebody. Next thing you know, you may be getting an invite to go to a pretty good place that. You wouldn't get to otherwise, and uh, you know because this is a fraternity of of uh, folks that uh, that all tend to like each other. I mean they uh, uh, they're friends, they're competitors. I mean they you know they they, they want to beat you if you're good, but at the same time they respect what you've done. And and uh, Charles, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean going to a contest just to get a feel of it, to hear it, to see what it's all about, and. You know, you start talking to folks around there, and you will have you will have a whole bunch of new friends that you can talk to. Make no no doubt about that. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about 
Northeast Arkansas Outfitters. You know, that's a, you you went over there and uh, uh, you know retired from uh, from the Georgia Department of Transportation and. Uh, you know, worked your tail off all those years, and and now now you're working harder than ever, especially during duck season. But uh, tell me, how how'd you get started in the in the guide business when, once you left Georgia? Well, we I had so many people that was well. Actually, I was in Georgia, uh, you know, when we started the guide business. But as a as a contest caller, and you're going to the DU events, and you're getting on pretty quick. You know, everybody knows who you are, and they start saying, "Hey, man," said you know, uh, why don't you start a guide service? We need a place to hunt. There's a lot of guides now, but back in 1987, 1988, there's not that many guide services. So people was really looking for a place to go. So my friend and your friend, Mr. Kent Cullum, we got together and we just started a little guide service and we started just taking a few people and then they started telling their friends and their friends. And I got some people, Marty, that is actually hunting with me 25 years. And that's wow. it's, it's just amazing to have clients like that, you know. But uh, it, it's it's really nice in the same in the same way. But that's that's how I got started in the guiding business. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you finally did make the move out to Arkansas, you know, you could have you could have gone anywhere in the state. You know, you you picked Northeast Arkansas as as uh, as your home and as a place where you you typically uh, you know guide your hunts. Was there a particular reason for that? Well, you know, I sort of like the area. Uh, We live near Jonesboro. It's just booming. Just, you know, the the people are good still. You still sort of got some some good country folks. You're sitting there on the Black River. You're sitting on the Cash River, the Langee River, uh, Village Creek, and all this stuff, it starts this, it's just sort of this funnel that starts, you know, right in that area. And, uh, you know, the, it's just an area that the ducks come. They've always come. And, and I, I just decided that's what I need to do. Of course, my buddy Kent lived up there, too. So mm-hmm. uh, once we got started and become pretty successful at it, I just decided to move there. Right. Well, and, you know, it makes all the sense in the world. And, I mean, as, as, as much as I love Georgia, I, you know, I, I have – I can't say that I totally love Atlanta because it's getting too big. And, you know, I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not big in, big on 8 million people all around me. Uh, that's a few too many. But, um, you know, I, I, and you don't even know this. I was actually in northeast Arkansas a couple of days ago. I've got a, a, a shooting club that I'm designing out there at Wilson, Arkansas. You know, it's just a little teeny town that uh, that's being developed, and we'll talk about that event, you know, on show um, or that particular facility on shows down the road. But, uh, you know, it, the, the one thing that I have found, you know, Charles, I came over and, and did some did a TV show with you a couple of years ago, and, you know, and the, and the duck hunting was good, but, man, the goose hunting have gotten unbelievably good. You know, back when I had a, a club out in Arkansas back in the 80s, we didn't have geese like we do now. And I'm not talking about just snows. I'm talking about speckle bellies, which, you know, that's kind of the new uh, mallard option out there. So, you know, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, that is, that's really taken off. Well, uh, the speckle bellies now, they got, in the last year or two, they've got a little smarter. But for a while, they weren't hunted very much. They're really good table fare. I mean, they eat really well. And they decoy so pretty. They've got the prettiest little sound. And uh, they've just, the population has just really, really grown. 
if let's just say that the duck population for one species or another, you know, might it fluctuates up and down some. These speckle bellies is just on that upswing, and it's really a good thing because you got more and more people hunting them. They're really good to eat. And where we hunt, we don't speckle belly hunt per se. It's a bonus bird that we, we put decoys every pit, and it's just a bonus bird. They're so pretty. They, they lock up. Anybody that hadn't seen it can go. You can tell them how to get to our show that we did a couple of years uh-huh. ago. They can yeah. go in there and watch how pretty those birds decoy. Well, you know, and that was that was one of those funny days uh, that one morning when we said, well, you know, that's kind of a bonus bird. Well, you know, we had, we had five licenses in the blind and, and we got 15 of those bonus birds. So, you know, when you shoot five limits, you know, when you're really down there duck hunting, uh, you know, and then we got pintails and mallards and, you know, all sorts of other stuff, too. I mean, it was boy, that was a, that was a heck of a hunt. And, you know, it, it because no matter how hard you try. The ducks don't work for you every day. I mean, some days it's just tougher than others, and it's really nice to to have that option, uh, you know, if you need it. Uh, it's, it's been really, really, really beneficial to us because uh, there's hardly any days that go by. I mean, you know, like you said, some days uh, it's it's really saved us because, you know, the ducks don't cooperate every day. You know, they fly north sometimes, east, west, you know, they bounce one thing about our area is the birds bounce. They'll bounce south if it gets real cold, and then as it warms up, they bounce right back to us. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the the geese has really saved us, and uh, the population is just growing and growing. We've got big flocks of several hundred speckle bellies, and it's just a sight to it's a sight to see. Well, it it really is. Well, now we're back up on another break, Charles. And now when we come back, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about. You know what's what's really going on up uh, up there in in uh, in Arkansas. You know, because so many 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 thousands of people, uh, you know, flock to Arkansas for for duck hunting. And boy, you just hear all of the horror stories about you know certain parts of the state which used to be really good. So, I want to talk to you a little bit. You know, you've got all these years of experience there now, and you've seen the good and the bad. You've seen it great. You've seen it not great. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, chat a little bit about that. Folks, right after these messages, that's what we're going to talk about. Stay tuned. Marty and Charles will be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. 
Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. WingandClayRadio at gmail.com That's WingandClayRadio at gmail.com now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm sitting here talking to my good buddy, Charles Petty. And, you know, it kind of dawned on me. And, I, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about something. And, and, and it, I, I remind myself of this every now and then to, to make sure I tell people this. And this last portion of the show is going to be brought to you by my good friends at Electronic Shooters Protection. That's ESP. And if you ever see pictures of me or shooting or, or on TV or anything like that, you can see my little orange earplugs in my ears. And that's my ESP hearing protection. And the, way, the reason I wear that is because it's digital. Any sound over 90 decibels, it shuts it down. I can carry on a normal conversation. And I don't have any hearing loss beyond what I already had when, before I started wearing these things so you know duck hunters clay target shooters goose hunters i mean when you've got a lot of guns going off around you do yourself a favor check out esp that's electronic shooters protection espamerica.com and i promise you you will thank me if you ever see me if you get some because you you'll very well hear uh, save your hearing now let me get back to charles charles we've got one more segment of the show here and i, and I want to talk a little bit about you know, kind of about what in the world is going on in the in the duck hunting world. You know, the um, uh, we hear everything known to man about why ducks are there one year, not there the next year. You know, I hear all sorts of things. You know, ducks unlimited's pouring corn everywhere. The 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 states doing this, the feds are doing that. I mean, it's all kind of stuff. But you know, birds are birds. I mean, they're gonna go, they're they're gonna do their thing. Based, and and. That migration is totally dependent on two things, food and water. That's it. And so talk a little bit about, about what you've seen over the, over the years there, you know, the goods and the bads. I mean, I, I think folks would, would like to hear your observation about what's going on. Okay. In the late 80s, Marty, the, the limit was three ducks. And I can remember days after days, every single day of, I'd start working seven or eight mallard ducks, and before I would know it, there'd be 50 mallard ducks working, up to 100 ducks working, and and just landing all in the decoys, landing out in front, landing in the back, and then all of a sudden it changed to six ducks. Well, that doubled our number, and it doubled the amount of pressure on the ducks, And, and pressure is one of the, one of the things too that i've seen that affects the ducks 
uh, you've got, uh, of course, weather. Snow cover moves ducks now. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the snow cover north of us is so important for us to have ducks. They're going to find open water. you got all these big lakes that's got open water someplace, and they're going to get in there. They're going to come out in the daytime. They'll dry feed. They like to feed in water, but if they need to, they'll hit a dry field and feed, and then they'll go to that water. They migrate. Yes, it's like all of us that, you know, if they don't have to, they're not going to go much further than they have to. But really, if you get a lot of snow cover, you know, in Iowa and, and, and places, even, you know, Missouri and stuff, we see a lot more ducks with that snow cover than we do the cold. Right. Right. And well, and, and, you know, I mean, cold, they can, they can handle because they can, they can still find food. But when you get the snow cover, especially if it gets any depth to it, you know, birds can't, they can't get to the food source. And, and as I say, you know, they've got to have water and food. And, you know, if one of those is missing, they're going to move. That's just, that's just the way it is. And, uh, and you're right. They're not going to fly any further south than they have to. I mean, why would you? I mean, they're going to turn around and go back north, for, you know, for the breeding. So, you know, and, and for 100 years ago, when you didn't have just nonstop agriculture up and down the Mississippi River, they did have to continue to fly south because, you know, they were in search of food, you know, going ahead of that cold and ice and snow. But, uh, you know, things are a little different now. And, and, and I can't really pinpoint why the why the birds bounce around from different places to different places but i i can say that you know uh, the choices that you made uh you know to 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 go where you are going hunting you know when you start talking about all of those different rivers that funnel these ducks you know between those rivers and the mississippi river that's a huge funnel and when you're at the at, at the base of the funnel that's a pretty good place to be well, you know, it, it's worked out really good for me. And, uh, you know, there's one thing that I say, they're coming. The, we get ducks in October. We get, we get pintails. We, we got, we get big, big numbers of pintails come through in October. And of course, now those pintails go on down to Louisiana and Mexico. But, mm-hmm. you know, just to be here and to see that, Murray, those ducks are coming. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, you the big mallards and stuff like that. They're more for the snow cover and stuff. But our teal and there, there's you know there's no reason in October for those ducks to migrate other than they come south. They always have and they're coming and it's just a sight to see. And and that's one reason I moved to Arkansas. I said I want to be there when they get there and I want to be there when they leave. And it's just my love. I can just sit and watch ducks in the field for hours upon hours. It's just well, amazing you, something you to know, see. And, and when you're watching them, you're actually learning every time you sit there and watch them. Whether you're shooting at them or not, if you're paying attention, you know, pay attention Pay attention to the teacher. And the duck is the teacher. You know, you can really get a feel for what those birds are doing, how they respond to certain winds, how they respond to certain calls that they hear on the water from other ducks. I mean that's a big part of the of the learning experience that that I know you absolutely love. <laughs> we, me and old Kent Cullen, we sat out on a gravel road a many a night, and it'd be so daggum cold you couldn't stand it, and there'd be a field full of ducks right next to us, and we'd just sit there and listen. And you do learn so much about their sounds and their cadences and what a duck sounds like. You know, mm-hmm. just sitting and listening because. 
part of the time when we're learning is when we have got our ears open and not our mouth open. Well, my granddaddy told me a long time ago, boy, you'll never learn anything with your mouth moving. And, uh, you know, I've always tried to tried to adhere to that as best I could, but you're absolutely right. And, and you know, hearing, hearing ducks on the water, I mean, ultimately, that's what you want to sound like with a call. I mean, you don't want to sound like yeah. other duck hunters. You want to sound like a duck. Uh, you know, we'd have old hen. Sometimes she'll light out there 80 yards, you know. Not a good shot. We're not going to cripple her up so we don't shoot. And when you when a, a little flight of ducks come over, she sees those ducks before we do, and she'll go squalling out at those ducks, and they'll react. And I'm telling you, I can't make, I can't do, I can't hardly compete with her. I sound pretty good, but now it's hard to compete with that old live hen sitting out well, there. It, yeah, it's really hard to compete with that. And then not only that, you know, they they're down there and they're they're flapping and they're, they're doing, you know they they're providing that 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 motion on the water that's gonna that's gonna draw them too. Now, Charles, we're 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 getting where we're about to run out of time, and I and, and I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you. I know you don't have a lot of openings, but you know you typically always can find a spot or two. So if somebody wants to get in touch with Charles Petty about, uh, about coming up hunting with Northeast Arkansas outfitters, how would they do that? Well, if you got a Facebook page, which I think most people do, I'm on Facebook under Charles T as in Tom Petty, P E T T Y. And you can ask to be friends. You can send me a private message and I'll get back to you with a phone number. I don't mind giving you my phone number. Uh, anybody that's interested in coming, you know, I will have some open dates. You know, December's real busy for me. Around Christmas, we got these people that for years, they bring their young people out during the school break and stuff like that. But, you know, we do have some openings, and we have a few openings every year. We love to see new people, and I really love to introduce these young people to the sport. And, well, and uh, that's, that's, and that's you know, what and that's what it's all about. Unfortunately, buddy, we're up on time. Uh, thank you, Charles, for being here. Ch- Facebook.com slash Charles T. Petty. Give this man a call. You will absolutely love it. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, have fun. Be safe. Shoot straight. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.